Now, the season is June 1st through November 30th. It even started early this year. You don't think it's going to end early, do you? I didn't think so. Hurricane Edda is on its way to the Americas. Well, at least the United States. It's the 28th named storm of the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season. Yeah! Tying a 2005 record. It uh, Florida has escaped the 11 landfalls that have hit the U.S. this year, but Etta is uh, expected to be the first one. Yay! It, uh, you know, it's regaining tropical storm strength. It's probably a hurricane already again. I haven't looked this morning, but uh, it had heavy rains in Central America and did some damage in some of the Caribbean islands. So uh, Florida may start feeling uh, feeling the uh, effects of it sometime this weekend and then next week, uh, you know, making some kind of Florida landfall. Yay! Yay! And as this year has gone, I would plan on the record being broken from 2005. And, I mean, we can do better than just 29 name storms to break the record, right? Of course we can. It's 2020. Let's make that happen. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. It's Fat Pile Friday. <laughs> There's actually new news coming from FCI Dublin. Yeah, Operation Varsity Blues in full force. Lori Laughlin in uh, Federal Correctional Institution in Dublin. Uh, you know, look, the news is, is that she's really struggling her first, you know, few days in, in jail, but let's be clear. Uh, FCI Dublin is a low security federal correctional institution, but she's got to spend 14 days in quarantine. She can't see anyone. She's getting uh, meals in, uh, you know, brown paper bags. And she has to be there for two months. It's not going to be two months. I think we already know that, right? We know it's not going to be the full two months. Right. And don't forget, I told you, uh, December 18th on the outside. On the, on the outside, she gets out. But she's living in uh, you know, a special housing unit, the quarantine unit. And the prison is on lockdown, right? It's quarantined uh, because of uh, the coronavirus. So I don't know if she gets any visitors or not at all during the time that she's there. But for sure, she's got to spend the first 14 days in isolation. And uh, she'll be fine. Uh, You know, she'll be fine. But the report is that she's not doing too well. So, you know, Lori, keep your head down. It'll be okay. You'll be home by Christmas. And then we'll have to be concern ourselves with others that are involved in Operation Varsity Blue. Might have to let this whole thing play. 
Nah, tonight's episode, Operation Varsity Blues. All right, it is a Fat Pile Friday, and it's just, uh, you know, we'll go through the headlines, and we've got to get through it, right? We've got to, you know, we've got to knock it out. Um, there's plenty of headlines that we haven't got to this week because so much has really happened. It feels like this week has been one of the longest weeks ever, and it's all because of one day, that nasty Tuesday. <laughs> so we're just counting votes and we're just saying hey let the votes count and let's you know this is right and this is wrong and don't give us illegal voting i got it i got it but i've had enough i really have and i've got this i don't know it's it's, it's, it's a cold it's something it's just there and i just you know i've got a it's, it's a sleeping cold because all i want to do is sleep so, uh, you know, and it's, and it's got, uh, you know what it is, you know, what it is just as a side note, I took a couple of allergy pills and every time I, I, I want to, you know, clear out my nostrils and, you know, I want to clear out my skull with muck. And so I take these allergy pills, but I know if I take multiple days of it, it screws up my voice. It screws up my whole f- head. And I took them two days in a row. I know better. And then, of course, after I took them, then I spent, you know, 24 hours in the studios, which is full of dust and muck from the remodeling. And I just, I got to clear myself out. And this weekend is a clear out weekend. So that's just a little, you know, personal side note. (laughs) A little chewing the fat personal side note. So one of the headlines that this is really a misleading headline okay uh, you know this this sucked me in yeah it uh, i bought i bought into it i bought into it florida man pulls gun after being told he has a small man part you know p word and so i'm in i'm in i you know i got i'm envisioning uh you know he's at a bar and a woman, you know, tells him, hey, you've got a small, and he, you know, pulls out a gun and says, this looks small to you, that kind of thing, or a boy. It doesn't have to be a woman. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to be judgmental on that. It could be a man or a woman. And I actually, when I then I opened it up and I saw a picture of the Key West Police Department, I thought, okay, well, maybe it is a guy that told him, you know, hey, you've got a small, and he got mad and pulled out a gun. But really, okay, what happened was, this Dustin is in Key West traffic and he revved his Jeep's engine, you know, the racing rev. And Toby got out of his vehicle and said, you must have a small D word. <laughs> and uh, Dustin responded by whipping out his nine millimeter Smith and Wesson. And there you have it. So they whipped out some impotent insults. And then they arrested my man Dustin. uh, Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Carrying a concealed weapon. Dealing in stolen property. I mean, and driving without a valid license. So he should have watched himself. Should have watched himself. But the headline got me. The headline got me. A uh, Florida man being told he has a small man part, P word. And uh, that's really not what happened, but it's funny. I mean, we all know the 
we all know the elephant joke and the core the elephant corvette joke right the elephant and the the monkey corvette joke right you know that joke right where the they ask the guy gets his corvette stuck in the mud and ask the elephant you know to help him pull it out of the mud he helps but he uses his elephant part the elephant man part and the line is you know you don't need a rope when you have a big you know the joke as long as we're in the crime blotter section of Fat Bob Friday, we'll talk about the lady who in Michigan pleaded no contest to four felony charges after she was accused of embezzling around $700,000 from Modern Machine Tool and its employees. And the judge just called her a damn cheater. And this isn't messing with, uh, I mean, the feds haven't even come in yet because they haven't looked at her taxes. So, and it's just greed that got her. Right, she started realizing that she could take money, and she just—they said she paid for lobster dinners, hair restoration for hubby, sixteen hundred dollars in Bob Seger concert tickets. I mean, you can well understand why she's stealing money, right? And so she uh, she said she she really didn't. She was kind of sorry. She's going to serve concurrent terms, seven years to 20 in prison for embezzlement, seven to 24 using a computer to commit a crime, three to 14 for the forgery count, and three to 14 for uttering and publishing. I know, me too. What's uttering? It's putting forged money into circulation. Okay, well, of course you're doing that. Why would you? Anyway. Uh, you see, she, I mean, she already pleaded to forgery, so she's, you know, got to get plead for uttering and publishing. So she embezzled, uh, about 500,000 from modern machine tool. And she embezzled, uh, about a hundred grand or more from just the employees. Wow. She said that, uh, look, I looked into the employees and all the years I've scanned them and, you know whatever <laughs> the judge was like they people have been laid off and uh, you've been doing fine and you weren't even you didn't use the money to fund gambling or relieve financial hardship you just used the money to pay for luxuries what does it matter what does it matter your honor it what people use the money for it still it's about the crime it's not about what the crime was for even if she was paying for her sick mom, it's still a crime. I, I mean, you feel, I mean, I guess you feel more sorry for her. I don't know, but she's ordered to pay $565,145.79 in restitution. Good luck. God bless getting that money. Even the owner of a uh, modern machine and tool is like, man, nah, I'm not plan on getting paid back. I don't plan on that. No problem. She's got really no remorse. She just said, eh, you know, yeah, I'd take money from raises and bonuses from her coworkers. And, you know, it's the way it goes. I'm ashamed of taking advantage of my position for my own personal means, but, you know, 
whatever. It's just greed, right? It got good to her. She started feeling like, well, nobody's ever going to know. I'm fine. Nobody knows that they're not getting the extra money. Nobody. And I'm good. I'm just going to keep living large. And doesn't my hubby's hair look good? And I'll have to come in late tomorrow. I'm going to see Bob Seger. (laughs) (laughs) But now this company that's been around forever, on top of struggling with the, you know, coronavirus, and in Michigan is even more of a nightmare, uh, you know, they have to deal with all of this, which, you know, they're going to end up possibly having to shut down. And they've been open for, you know, a hundred years and they're really struggling and they're paying, you know, they, they pay insurance for retired people. It's, it was a great company to work for. And now this woman, Kathleen Giles has ruined it all with her forgery, uttering, and publishing. Well, we're still in the crime blotter section, so we might as well just continue on. Uh, two former eBay executives indicted by a federal grand jury earlier this week in connection with their roles in a cyber-stalking campaign targeting the editor and publisher of a newsletter that the eBay executives viewed as critical of the company. So James Baugh, 45, former senior director of safety and security, David Harville of New York City eBay, former director of global resiliency, indicted on one count of conspiracy to commit stalking through interstate travel and through facilities of interstate commerce, two counts each of stalking through interstate travel, two counts of stalking through facilities of interstate commerce, two counts and one count of witness tampering and two counts and one count of destruction alteration and falsification of records in a federal investigation they were previously charged by a criminal complaint and arrested in june co-conspirators former eBay employees uh philip cook brian gilbert stephanie pop uh, veronica z and stephanie stockwell previously pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit cyber stalking and conspiracy to tamper with witnesses according to the charging documents the victims of the cyber stalking campaign uh you know there was an online newsletter And members of the eBay executive leadership team followed the newsletter's post and they took issue with them and they took issue with the content and the anonymous comments underneath the editor's stories. So they got in trouble because, well, one of the things, when you talk about uh, tampering with uh, evidence and uh, what was the other um, uh, one count of witness tampering, uh, falsification of records, alter, alteration and destruction. They were getting rid of text messages and stuff. Uh, when they found out about the investigation, they started deleting all the stuff on their phones. <laughs> okay, they're saying bad stuff about us. We're going to go after them and attack them. So I guess they sent bad tweets and they were going after them and they were getting a surveillance team to go after them and they were really uh they were really going down they they tried to put gps unit on the couple's cars and we're going to start tracking them i mean okay guys calm down it's just a couple of bad things being said about ebay i'm sure ebay will be fine okay uh, and notice that now these are all former employees of ebay so be careful what you say be careful, okay? And we got more news on uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. 
He's suing Liberty University now after his forced resignation over the sex scandal. He uh, was ousted, and now hence he was the victim of political retribution. Um, No, they just thought they didn't need the guy that was in the closet watching his wife get it on with with their lover as head of the school. But hey, what do I know? (laughs) what do i know and uh you know you you got careless and you took a picture with the secretary with your pants unzipped thinking you were mr cool and suave and i know that it was just a joke i got it but you shouldn't have done it and you should have known better and you did it on your yacht so now he claims he suffered damage to his reputation not because of them damage to his profession humiliation and anguish lost business opportunities and suffered other uh pecuniary damage yeah no kidding well uh, a lot of that was because of you my friend and i'm sorry to say that and i'm with you i understand the frustration that you have because life was pretty good life was pretty good but y'all got careless and you you know kept a grip on liberty and you had all these sex scandals and you still were in charge and you thought you could get around it until the news got out. And, you know, then some of that news with the wife and the kid's friends and the boyfriend and you and okay, whether it's true or not, I know that you, you know, denied it. And so did she, although I don't think there was any denial about the 20-year-old, uh, no, the 20-year-old was the pool attendant. I'm just trying to remember. But the friends, the kids' friends. Anyway, you remember the whole story. And it was, you know, she would uh, take care of a little business when they were in town at the house. And he was, uh, you know, living the good life. And, you know, actually they all were, uh, the whole family. I know he kept his, you know, family members on the payroll. His son had a salary of a couple hundred thousand. Good life. Sold a university-owned home to the kid. Extended a loan to a family friend. I mean, I, some of this you can understand. Rented university property on favorable terms to his former personal trainer. Okay. He used the university employees for renovations on his home, for which he repaid. They say they say he used their the personal employees, and then he repaid the hundred seventy five thousand. Well, I mean, those are the people he knows that can do the work and do the work right. So if he paid the money back, then so what? Or if they did it on their own time and he paid them for it, so? I mean, some of this stuff is a little, a little like, well, we're just mad at him, so we're gonna throw everything out on the you know we're gonna throw all the spaghetti on the wall and see whatever sticks okay all right so we have that lawsuit to look forward to and we'll see if they just pay him to go away and i'm sure that's probably what's going to happen okay jerry no problem just go away I gotta go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Seriously. Oh my gosh. So good. It's time to stop. 
it's time to stop. Okay. And (laughs) this is one of the most agonizing stories I can imagine, except that it's today and it's 2020. Of course, of course. Warner Brothers has issued an apology after people with disabilities spoke out against the depiction of Anne Hathaway's character in the HBO Max remake, The Witches. Unbelievable. So a spokesperson said that the company was deeply sad to learn that our depiction of the fictional characters in The Witches could upset people with disabilities, adding that it regretted any offense caused by the film. Okay, well, all right, so now I'm not so mad at Warner Brothers. I mean, that's okay. You know, they're still out there. HBO Max, we got it. Uh, we're not taking it down. Yeah, we're sorry, but that's just the way it goes. So I kind of I kind of like that, actually, now that I read the actual statement. Yeah, yeah, we're sorry. Uh, you know, sorry we regret any offense it caused. You know, sorry, we're not going to take the film down, though. So the original story, they worked with designers and artists to come up with a new interpretation of the cat-like claws that are described in the book. It was never the intention for viewers to feel that the fantastical non-human creatures were meant to represent them. This film is about the power of kindness and friendship and is our hope that families and children can enjoy the film and embrace this empowering love-filled theme. Thank you. Okay, now I'm not mad at Warner Brothers now. That, that's, a, that's a good statement from them because the movie ain't coming down from HBO Max. Got it? Okay. So apparently, and I have not seen this, and now, you know, I haven't seen it, and I... I, I don't know that I'm going to, but I guess Anne Hathaway, the grand high witch is seen in the movie with missing fingers. All right. So the picture they show is she has, uh, three long fingers. All right. Three long fingers look like some kind of, you know, animal claw. Now I guess it's similar to uh, the limb abnormality of Ectrodastily, uh, also known as split hand. Okay, that's a condition that manifests its, as the absence of one or more fingers or toes on the hand or foot. How many people suffer from that? Well, I, how many people? A quick glance, and it, I can see where it says one in ninety thousand births with males and females equally. I bet you it's it's less than that. And cuz I'm I'm betting that 1 in 90,000 births is everything, right? So if you have one finger a little off, that counts. But it doesn't it isn't this huge thing of you have just three fingers on each hand or three fingers on one hand. Uh, you don't have the split hand. Anyway, anyway. It's a movie. So one of the People who have complained, this Amy Marin, who is a British Paralympic swimmer, and she called out the film's depiction of the Grand High Witch. She said, disappointed in the new Warner Brothers film, The Witches. I myself am a huge advocate of celebrating differences, and especially limb differences. Are ya? Are ya? 
It's not unusual for surgeons to try and build hands like this for children and adults with certain limb differences, and it's upsetting to something that makes a person being different represented as something scary. Yes, I'm fully aware that this is a film, and these are witches, but witches are essentially monsters. My fear is that children will watch this film unaware that it massively exaggerates the Raoul Dahl original and that limbs differences begin to be feared. This opens up a all new difficult conversations for those with limb differences and sets back what we're trying to achieve, which is to celebrate who you are. I would say that is 100% incorrect. Uh, if you have limb differences you could use that as an example to say hey it's just a movie it's not real look feel my hand look at my leg stop it it's just a movie why do we have to be pissed about something instead of being happy about it i don't it's okay it's okay if you have a child that gets freaked out over your Aunt Nelly who has limb differences. At some point, the little kid realizes that that's just Aunt Nelly, and that's the way it goes. And I love Aunt Nelly and her limb differences. Don't you think, Amy? Don't you think? Don't you think little Billy is looking at the witches and saying, hey, Look at the hands on the witch. That looks like Aunt Nellie. Can't wait to see her and tell her about it. Don't you think, Amy? Maybe it opens up a good conversation and not a bad one. I can't. I can't. One of the things that you should be doing, though, uh, other than, uh, you know, setting up bad things about limb differences, you should uh, subscribe to Chewing the Fat. If you're listening to this show, this podcast right now, and you're not a subscriber, why? You know what? Don't answer that. Just subscribe. Just use a platform of your choice. There's a plethora of platforms out there. You can use iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and a plethora of them. And just subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. That's me. <laughs> and then you're good. You become a subscriber. And then, then after that, you can share it with your friends. And in fact, we've decided this is a, this is a across the board corporate decision here at Chewing the Fat that whenever anyone asks you, let's say you get out of your car and you have your headphones on and somebody looks at you and says something, you don't hear them and you take your earpiece out and you go, what? And I was just wondering what you're listening to. No matter what you're listening to, your answer is always, well, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. You should too. See? And it's, it's across the board corporate. It's company policy. You have to do it. <laughs> That's just the way it is. So if you're a subscriber, you know, once you become a, a full-fledged subscriber instead of, a, you know, instead of just a freeloader listening without a subscription, uh, then company policy is whenever asked, hey, what are you listening to? The correct answer is chewing the fat. Even if it's not. I understand you listen to more things than me. I don't know why, but you do. I do know why. It's just being, you know, stupid. But the answer is always chewing the fat. Okay? <laughs> okay. There you go. And if you're not sure about a specific platform, just follow me on my social media pages. 
uh, at JeffyJFR on Twitter, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Parlor. And in the bio of all of those accounts is a sheet that has uh, all the stuff you can subscribe to of me, Jeff Fisher, and Chewing the Fat. So you can subscribe to the podcast, to the YouTube channel, and follow me on my social media accounts. I know. I know. You're welcome. Oh, just as a side note, I made it through uh, another Queen's Gambit episode. And uh, I think maybe even a couple more. So there's like seven episodes. I, uh, I'm going to, I'll make, I'll knock that out this weekend and let you know how it is. But so far it's been really good. And I was hoping that maybe it was based on a true story or, you know, it was, but it says no, I did a little reading up on it and it says, no, it's just a fictional story. Uh, it's really, it's been really, it's been a fun watch though. And uh, I'm looking forward to catching the final few episodes and to see, you know, see where it goes. So uh, I have a feeling I know where it's going to go uh already but uh we'll see we'll see i'm not gonna i didn't read about it uh, i didn't want to know how it was gonna end although i don't care if somebody tells me fine but i you know i figured hey i could knock it out this weekend and i'll just see if i'm right that's the only reason that i don't look into how things end and what happens to see if i'm right and how if, you know if i'm uh, i can see where this is going and to see if i'm right and you know how they get there but if i know already eh so what hey i see where uh the space force commander general jay raymond is now working with nasa and they're trying to uh you know set up a ceremony for his swearing in and it's looking like they're going to swear him in in space so i mean he's the space commander i'm sorry the space force commander I mean, it really does make him the space commander, but he's the space force commander is his official title. So I guess the ceremony is going to take place while in orbit on the one year anniversary of the nation's newest service. So it'll be, it'll happen December 20th in space. He's scheduled to launch in November, uh, coming up here in a week or so. If that launch takes off from Kennedy space center and then, uh, he will uh, be sworn in in space. Yay! He's going up in the SpaceX Dragon spacecraft, so it's kind of cool, right? I mean, he's kind of he's going up in the in SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft, but but he's part of the you know he's not part of. I mean, he is in charge of the uh, space force, so that's eh, kind of a cool little thing, and he is from. The great state of Missouri. M-I-Z. I suppose I should give you the hotline if you, uh, you know, we're still in the middle of, of voter fraud accusations and complaints and who's going to be president. And, you know, we know that Donald Trump is president until January and who's going to be president after that. But they have, the campaign has issued a toll-free hotline for suspicious activity so if you or someone you know has seen or been privy to illegalities in the ballot counting call 888-630-1776 oh my gosh (laughs) oh see what they did there so i mean 
There's a link to a fraud issue report form that you can fill out on the website. Or you could just call 888-630-1776. That is just so darn cute. You know, I see, speaking of cute, uh, you know, last week I saw a story about CRISPR, the gene editing device, not the blue gene editing device, and not a CRISPR that keeps your salad crisp, but the DNA cutting machine. And the story is, you know, beating up on it. It's talking about how they unwittingly created more than a dozen mutant human embryos, and the machine accidentally got rid of entire chromosomes or large chunks of them, and it was all done at a lab that's undisclosed, and apparently they had collected sperm from a man with hereditary blindness, and they wanted to create 40 embryos, and then used CRISPR, the Cas9 tool, uh, as like a microscopic scalpel to cut out the gene mutation. And they wanted to correct 37 of the embryos, and remaining three were serving as controls. And I guess, you know, they cut out too much and you know the mutation causing blindness was located but they cut out large swaths and then they damaged the chromosomes and you know people are all wound up well this is just practice uh i mean they're gonna get it right and when they do then the doctors are going to be able to play god right and that's beyond the you know the debate is they don't want to use this inside the womb they don't want to create and then use it and then you create it outside of the womb and then put it in the womb so the mother can, uh, you know, make it grow. And, you know, there's your there's your ethics. So that leads you into, or at least me, down the road of robots, right? Okay, so we don't want to create better humans and we don't, we hope that, you know, the doctors aren't, we don't want doctors to play God, but we want to create better humans. We don't want to create humans with limb differences. We can't even have a movie anymore without limb differences. So, uh, you know, we got to get, that gets us to robots, right? And I was just reading, I was on, shoot, I don't know where it was from, but it was talking about Cuban and uh, Mark Cuban, not the sandwich or, you know, a person from the country. And uh, he was talking about uh, the first trillionaires, as just a single human. Now we you know we have the trillion, we have the trillion companies, right? I mean, I think we have four or five trillion companies. And wasn't Apple like the first two trillion dollar company or something? Anyway, but he was talking about human beings as you know the first trillionaires, and he was talking that the first trillionaires are going to come from somebody who masters AI and all its derivatives and applies it in ways we never thought of. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, that's going to happen, right? You're gonna, you start talking about artificial intelligence in new industries, whatever it is across the board. And to me, that's robots. But, um, you know, he's talking about other businesses, you know, whatever the case is, not just robots. He's talking about applying it and not just in servers of computers, but creating opportunities to apply it in new industries. And, you know, those advances 
he's talking about the next 10 years. But we've come pretty fast uh, in the last 20 years. So I would say that, uh, you know, we're probably closer than that. But maybe not. Maybe 10 years is about right for that. Um, you know, I, don't look at me. I'm not creating a, a, an AI worth a trillion dollars, although I wish I would. I've, I just, I'm still coming up with million-dollar ideas. <laughs> so I guess I have to come up now with something that's a billion-dollar idea. And then, then I can move on to becoming a trillionaire, right? Right. Yeah, Cuban went on to say he didn't, he wouldn't want to be an accountant right now. Um, he'd rather be a philosophy major because he believes that as computers and robots increasingly replace technical skills, critical thinking will become yet more valuable. Knowing how to critically think and assess them from a global perspective, I think, is going to be more valuable than what we see as exciting careers today, which, you know, might be programming or CPA or those types of things. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, a CPA is an exciting career, Mark. You are right there, my friend. Man, when you think of, when you have to write down a list of exciting careers, a CPA is probably the top of the list. I don't think you could ask. I mean, CPA, you'd be dumb if you thought CPA wasn't going to be on the list of exciting careers. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get it. I understand what he's saying. I mean, the, the low-skilled jobs... They're already, we're already losing those to robots, right? I mean, and, and uh, you know, Amazon and Walmart and plenty of other companies are using robots and they have the low skilled workers around those to assist. And so far, the humans are still assisting the robots. <laughs> uh, or that's what they'll have you believe. But he, uh, you know, talked about how those types of jobs will change. And there's no doubt about that, right? Um, look, he's talking to the audience. I, th I think, I guess he was at South by Southwest or something. He's always yapping somewhere. And, uh, you know, the basketball season is over, so he's able to, you know, go out and talk more. He's probably filming Shark Tank. Anyway, um, he, uh, you know, he's when you think about it, if you are able to come up with a way to use AI and implement it in a way that's going to give people hope and hope or take hope away. <laughs> uh, either one, right? Either one is going to help you get to that first human trillionaire. Either hope or take hope away. Now, as long as we have the lottery and the robot is letting you, or I'm sorry, we're letting the robot, uh, we're assisting the robot and we make enough to play the lottery and the, there's still hope, right? Where everything's okay as long as there's hope. But when we start losing hope, you know, what brings that on? Buildings burning down, people losing their lives in the street, not sure about the future, wanting to create a new future without any kind of rules or laws and that kind of thing, you know, that takes the other 
half of the country's hope away. That kind of thing. (laughs) You know, that's the person. If you can give hope or take hope away, you are looking good for the future, my friend. Give hope or take it away. Good for you, my friends. Good for you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcast. Wow, the world is crumbling, though, here on Fat Pile Friday. I see where Hillsong East Coast Pastor Carl Lentz, Mr. Man, he's the, you know, the pastor to the world stars. Hillsong Church's founding pastor uh, fired for moral failure. Oof. That is not good. They've had uh, discussions in relation to leadership issues and breaches of trust, plus a recent revelation of moral failures. Ooh. So the I mean he's the pastor to the to the stars, right? The big guy Justin Bieber. Uh there were plenty of other actors and actresses that were all about Lentz, man. And they had the big story about when Justin got uh, baptized. You know, I was reading that about that in this story, and it talks about how uh, they were struggling to find a private location, right? So Lentz calls one of his friends, NBA player Tyson Chandler, and asks, hey, can we use your pool to uh, baptize Justin? Now, I'm not sure what lends the pool to be unavailable, but it was unavailable. What are you doing with the pool? Anyway, so they uh, he used his oversized bathtub at the uh, at the mansion of Tyson Chandler to baptize Justin in private. But he got it done. Good for him. And so that's uh, that's big news. That's big news that he uh, got the axe for moral failures. Woo. Oh, I shouldn't pluralize that. Okay, it was just moral failure. One time. I mean, we can go around the world a little bit. We can talk about, uh, you know, they would still want us to feel bad about coronavirus and the lockdowns. Uh, They want us to know that they're locking us down for our safety, but we're still getting big stories about a storied Rome barber having to hang up his scissors in nearly 70 decades. I'm sorry, 77 decades in the barber business. Luigi Pinzo has seen Italy go through some bad times, recessions, political assassinations, but it took the coronavirus to force him to hang up his scissors. Well, you know, I love barbershops, but are we going to barbershops anymore? I love, I was raised in barbershops, man. We always went to the barbershops and you know what? I lied. We would go to barbershops if they were there. I used to go to a barbershop when I lived in Florida. There was a, you know, a, a barbershop that was there for a hundred years. And, you know, there was a, the old guy that owned it. And then the guy that took over when he retired. And, you know, I loved going in there. And there's always a couple of barbers that are better than the others. So you try to get them and you give the kids to the guys that aren't that good. <laughs> you know, that's what you do. But, uh, you know, barbershops are tough. It's a tough deal in today's world, man. So even in Rome, even in Rome, you can't. And UK, I mean, they're getting ready. They're locking down again, right? And they already, they just, 
They just talked about a, a rave organizer find a bunch of money for violating coronavirus restrictions. Yeah, no kidding. Duh. What do you think the raves are? <laughs> it was an illegal event at a warehouse. And okay, hundreds of people attended those bastards. They captured the violent scenes they faced. Yeah, people were pissed. It wasn't violent. They were pissed. You were shutting them down, Mr. Police Officer. Wow. I mean, okay, stop it. But I saw where another story out of uh, Europe, though. Holy cow, the EU, which isn't the United Kingdom anymore. uh, But the EU is looking to uh, go against big tech. Uh, They are putting some new rules on the overhaul of digital regulation. Okay, EU, see how that works out for you with the business models of big tech uh, going under fire. The Digital Service Act, due to be presented in early December, expected to overhaul the management of content on platforms like Google and Facebook and is the first of its kind since 2000 uh the eu wants to make tech giants more responsible for the content on their platforms and to ensure that competitors have a fair chance to succeed against the big firms (laughs) that there is funny so they're looking like they want people to they're going to require digital services especially the biggest platforms to open up about the way they shape the digital world what we see they'll have to report on what they've done to take down illegal material they'll have to tell us how they decide what information and products to recommend to us and which ones to hide and give us the ability to influence those decisions instead of simply having them made for us and they'll have to tell us who's paying for the ads and what we see and why if we've been targeted by a certain ad okay i mean how about uh, there's no talk in here about having us own our our own self how about that how about we own our digital footprint that's us we own that you and me you get to own yours i get to own mine our own digital footprint there's no talk about that wonder why that is wonder why the governments aren't talking about you owning your specific digital footprint huh i wonder why that would be you know i know it's fat pile friday and we like you know i try to have a lot of fun on this podcast and try not to get too serious because the rest of the world is just spinning out of control or it certainly appears that way but when you start going down the headlines of what's happening it's good this weekend i you know i'm almost I'd almost say just watch something other than the news. But, you know, I want you to subscribe to Blaze TV and you know, I want you to subscribe to this podcast and I want you to know you have to know the news of what's going on. But, I mean, the headlines that is just, you know, Israeli minister warns of war if Biden brings back a Rand deal. Uh, and then you have the Las Vegas mailman. There's more, uh, there's more news from Project Veritas. Uh, you know, they have a mailman that wants to pass, uh, you know, a handful of unclaimed ballots. And then if you just go down the other headlines, it's just incredible that the headlines that are there. So if you watch the news, this is what you're going to get. Uh, 
Democrats are trying to steal the election. Nevada official talking about the ballots remaining. Pennsylvania Democratic Party predicts what of a 75% of the remaining ballots. Georgia Secretary of State. Uh, ballots marked with Sharpie. GOP Senate wins wreak havoc. House of Cards, despite racist charges. Win or lose. Uh, decade of power. American Prospect. Representative locked out of voting center. Uh, I, I, two conservative Oregon counties vote to join Idaho. That's just going down a quick page of headlines, and that's what you're going to get on the news this weekend. So, you know what? Find a good movie. Find something to enjoy. Find something that'll put a smile on your face and get back to the news, you know, after Walking Dead Sunday night. You don't even have to watch Walking Dead because you just listen to Talking Walking Dead on Monday, and I'll get you right with the world and you can get back into you know when you if you're going to work get in your car and turn on the radio in the morning uh, monday morning and listen to pat and uh, get you know get yourself squared away with the news until then well for sure i want you to you know listen to the blaze when you're not listening to other things but you know relax this weekend okay because it's going to be a nightmare and i don't know when the nightmare is going to be over but for sure, it's going to be a nightmare this weekend because this stuff is not going away. It just isn't going away. And we talked about that. You knew it wasn't going to go away if it wasn't a landslide. Either way. If it wasn't an overwhelming victory. Either way. Then it was going to go down this nightmare road. And well, that's a good name for you know a band or a new song. Nightmare Road. I like it. Not really.